You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 202, Five Ways to Work with the Water Element. Welcome to episode 202 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach feng shui online at mindfuldesignschool.com. Check us out. Be sure to sign up for our mailing list. We have special offers, special opportunities and workshops, and just a lot of content that's only shared with our mailing list. So if you visit mindfuldesignschool.com, scroll to the bottom, you can sign up there, or you can look in the show notes on whatever podcast app you're looking at, and there'll be a link there as well. So we hope we will see you in your inbox very soon. Today, we wanted to start with a little promotion on one of our annual workshops that we do. Laura, do you want to yeah. share? Yeah. Every year, we do what we call the reset package. <laughs> but really, what it is, is a course and workshop to celebrate the arrival of the new year, specifically from the Chinese calendar. So, the new year would be this year, Water Rabbit. And we create a package of content that has, uh, in this year, we have a space clearing course, like a little mini course in there, a bunch of bonuses. But then the big kind of show, the really fun thing is that you get a seat. When you get this package, you get a seat at our live online workshop where we go through the whole year. We talk about the animals, all 12 animals. And then we also do a personal chi clearing for you to be able to start the new year fresh. And that's why we call it a reset package. So that is open for enrollment. Please join us. And then on January the 21st, which is the eve of Lunar New Year, we will all get together and have some fun, some fun. Yeah. And actually (laughs) I have a separate little plug. I'm doing Mm -hmm. a class in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm pretty soon. And also another online class. I do a bunch of different online classes outside of Mindful Design School. So I guess the best way for people to find out about it is maybe we'll put a little note in our newsletter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm doing an in-person event and maybe some other in-person events near the Lunar New Year. So it'd be nice to meet some of you, especially the LA peeps. Okay. So- Five ways to work with the water element. Laura, you want to get started? Yeah. So we just did, I don't know, like a few episodes ago. I think we did earth. So we're going to keep it going. And we're going to talk about ways you can work with this element. And we're tying it to the seasons because we are moving into or, you know, pretty much in water element season, which is winter. So it's nice to talk a little bit about what that means, how you can work with it, maybe why you're feeling a certain way. So this month or this time of year, December, is really a great time to start to cultivate and work with this water energy and this water chi. And, you know, it's sort of natural to kind of go along with it. There is this feeling when we get into this season of being really depressed or cold, dark and sad, all these things. But, you know, maybe we could shift it and think of it as an opportunity to embrace stillness 
and to embrace inner reflection because, you know, we're not, we're forced in the Northern hemisphere. Let me be clear. We're forced into our homes a little bit more because of the weather. You know, there's just sometimes life just slows down a little bit and it's animals are hibernating. So, you know, there's something around that. So it's a good time for us to embrace that, to seek that inner wisdom, to not feel this pressure to grow, to do, to get outside. I mean, yes, you should go outside. I'm not telling you to not ever go outside, but you can kind of not need to feel so active. And that's cool because that's coming in the springtime. That's what that is, that extra action kind of go-go. So right now, embrace the cozy, the warm, the quiet, and the dark, right? Angie, do you agree? Yeah, definitely. And also, you know, water is one of the five elements. And in feng shui, we look at the five elements from Taoism and many different cultures look at different elements in the natural world to help organize and make sense of their environments. And so water is the one that's predominant in this time of year in the Northern hemisphere in the winter when it gets colder. And there's also four other elements. There's wood, which is related to springtime. There's fire, which is related to the summer. And there's metal that's related to the autumn. And then there's earth, which is actually in between all the seasons. Mm -hmm. And so it's also helpful to consider that these energies shift and they can shift moment by moment, day by day, season by season, year by year, because we're like moving into a water year and we happen to be moving into a water season or a month. But it's also helpful to look at the relationship to other things. So while water chi or water energy is related to cold and quiet and stillness, there's also other elements that we can cultivate. In this episode, we're going to mostly talk about the water element, but it's also helpful to kind of consider like, oh, well, it's also a great time to have a little bit of fire. That's why maybe we cozy up next to warmth and maybe wear more cozy colors during the winter, right? So let's go back to water though, because we're talking mostly about water today. So what are the qualities of water? In feng shui, we look at water, not just the actual material of water, because water is water, right? (laughs) But water is the color black or very, very, very dark blue in BTB. It's also undulating wavy shapes or formless shapes. If you think about water, doesn't really have its own form. It takes the form of whatever container it's in. And it's also has the qualities of being downward. It's very gravity driven, right? It's always moving downward. And it also connects and it has a lot of depth to it, like the ocean, like the ocean There is a whole world underneath there that us land dwellers don't even know about, right? But it's also very dark down there. There There's so many creatures in the water that have never even seen sunlight or daylight or light. So it's darkness, it's stillness, it's cool, it's damp, and it's related to the moon. And there's, again, that connection quality and wisdom quality. And the connection is, if you think about like the earth or our planet is water with bodies of land in it. It's mostly water, right? And also our human bodies are mostly water. Yeah. And water is yin, is much more yin and cold 
generally the energy is quiet and still, but like Angie was saying, water also has this ability to move around objects because it has no form and it has this resourceful ability. Also, I would even say this intuitive ability to be able to move around obstacles, okay? Because it flows, it flows down and through cracks and crevices and finds the path that maybe others may not see, right? That you might not, you might not have seen. That's the beauty of water as it finds these, these paths. So we thought maybe it would be nice too, to think of ways to work. We did the same thing when we talked about earth, ways to work with water in this season, and one of the, we've got five here, but, you know, just because we like to put things into numbers, <laughs> but the number one, the number one, no, the one that we were thinking of, I just put numbers next to them, basically, was to connect and to explore your intuitive side. Angie had mentioned the moon because of yin and the water. Those are all connected. And your intuitive side is really connected to that yin side because it's what is not seen. Okay. It's what isn't out in the world. It isn't the noticeable side that you show the world or that you exhibit. Your yin side or that intuitive side is really that exploration of what is inside and what isn't seen. In tarot, I would think of like the high priestess or the moon card. Okay. And in feng shui, we would see it as the yin side. So, you know, that which is not obscured, but not seen right? It's sort of hidden. So how you can cultivate this side with your intuitive side? I don't know. Start, pick up a practice, an intuitive practice. Maybe something that you've wanted to explore. Maybe, I don't know, dowsing. Maybe it's some kind of oracle card. Maybe it's, you know, feng shui. Who knows? But it's something that is really exploring that side of you where you're going a maybe for some of you outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And also taking the opportunity to look at something that isn't obvious, right? So the moon doesn't offer its own light, but it's illuminated because it actually reflects the sunlight. So looking at what is normally hidden, maybe looking at places in your life, in your home that you don't ordinarily look at, as well as maybe like there's a hidden drawer or an area in your home that you don't spend a lot of time in. So that's also ways to connect with your intuitive side. Mm-hmm. So the second way to work with the water element is to clean your windows. So the windows represent your eyes in feng shui. And they also represent actually the voice of the children. And the beautiful thing I think about feng shui is that you are working with the intuitive side. You're working with the yin and yang because you're cleaning your windows, which is an activity. And it's actually like something in your built environment, your windows. But with the purpose of going the subtle route and the indirect route of clearing your perceptions or your view of the world. So you can clean your windows to literally see better outside, but also with the intention that you are also taking steps towards clearing away any debris, any kind of misperceptions, any kind of obscurations that you have become accustomed to 
in how you view the world, which could also mean like, do you impose your ideas on others or do you allow a situation or a person to present itself for as it is? Can you be open with curiosity? Like some of my Dharma teachers would talk about how instead of deciding like that is a red candle, or you can look at it with like, pretend you're like an alien and see like, what is this thing? Is it soft? Is it bright? How does this make me feel like? starting to look at the world with more curiosity. So all of that can be inspired with the simple act of cleaning your windows. And we have it down as point three, but it's probably point two A, but uh, or two B, but <laughs> because it's more cleaning. Don't put away your natural vinegar window cleaner because you're going to need it to clean your mirrors. Because mirrors in feng shui are connected with water. So remember how we were saying that there's colors and there's, you know, material. Well, the color is black or dark, dark blue. And sometimes in feng shui, when we get beyond this, what we're talking about is actually pretty cool because we're talking kind of, again, the yin side of feng shui. We're really kind of getting into more of the energetic side of it. But, you know, sometimes when you come to it from a very mundane and, and physical part in the home, which is one that we're really familiar with, these elements show up in objects, right? Or in material. And one of them that we often connect with water is mirrors. And mirrors have that reflective quality, right? Like water, like still water. They have a depth. They allow us to seek, you know, more deeply that in BTB Feng Shui, we have many, many uses for mirrors and many intentions and nuances. In this way, you would be cleaning your mirrors to, again, to clear away any, I don't want to say doubt, but you know, what Angie was saying, like just really just shifting your perspective and trying to reset in a way when you do clean these, using it as an opportunity to open yourself up. Maybe it's to open yourself up to being more intuitive, or it could mean opening yourself up to something new that's coming on your path in life. Because water is also connected with, well, again, flowing, right? It makes sense. It flows where it can, because it has the ability just going to cracks and corners and finding the path. And that's kind of like our paths in life, right? We kind of move through life that way, which is going to bring us to point four in a second. I'm going to bring this full circle. So cleaning these mirrors is a way for us to open ourselves up to see what else, what other possibilities are there, what other opportunities there are, maybe how we can shift our perspective. It could be about finding a new job, finding something new in your life, finding again, that intuitive path. So use the cleaning of the mirrors almost as a ritual to open that up. And four brings us to examining and bringing attention and attending to your career, gua, the career area of your home. This is called Khan in feng shui, and it's related to your career. It relates to your wisdom. It relates to the water element. It relates to your path in life. And it also is related to like, a, like we were talking about water. So mm -hmm. the way you find this is generally, well, you if you listen to any of our Bagua episodes, you can learn how to lay the Bagua. But basically, it's the, the front center of your home based on your front door. So it's the very front of your home and the center portion of your home. And so you can actually work with this area by 
bringing a mirror if we're going to go full circle again. So Mm -hmm. a mirror, you know, all of those things that Laura talked about will bring in and enhance these water qualities because a mirror is a lot like water. It is a lot like a pond where it offers you a reflection that is pretty true to what's there. And that's why there's this importance in cleaning the mirrors because we can accumulate debris on our mirrors and not see a clear reflection, but it's important to clearly see what's happening. Cause I think we all know when things get a little bit harried in life, that sometimes it's hard to see what's really happening. What is true? What is one of the many truths that are available and what is the best path for us to take? And alternatively, by working with this area, You work with how you connect to the world. You work with your wisdom and you work with your career and your work. And other ways you could work with con mirror is honestly just the the easiest if it works with your space, putting up a mirror in your space. Again, if it's the entryway to your home, it's a great way to expand your home, open it up and bring that water element in. And again, we have the color black. Shape is very powerful in feng shui, especially in BTB. And so undulating lines, wavy lines is also water. So if this is your intention to bring more of this type of energy into your space or maybe work on your career, like keep it really simple, then you can add representations of water through color, shape, or you know material. All right. The last point, number five, is to practice water chi activities. So this would be ways to bring this energy in with maybe out having to go out and buy a mirror. Okay. Or do that or do anything. You could just sort of start to practice these so that your own personal chi is, is using these and exhibiting them. So one really straightforward one, which I'm not very, it's not one that I um, do too much of anymore. I used to, but I need to be better at it is meditate because this is a time for stillness and to embrace that. And another one would be to read because again, wisdom, seeking that wisdom, reading, researching, learning all these, getting resourceful. That's very water-like. Being artistic, that having that artistic seeking is also a very watery activity. And of course, intuitive practices, which we talked about, can t- connecting in with that intuitive side, that deep, deep wisdom that is so hard to see sometimes unless we can access them with certain practices. So maybe this is the time for you to dive into that. And the last one, which is a very water thing too, to embrace this is to do nothing at all, right? To not have to feel the pressure to do anything, to just be and to be comfortable in the fact that it's dark at 4.30 and that it's cold, but you have what you need. A warm blanket and a cup of tea is really sometimes all you need to embrace that <laughs> that water chi. Angie, anything else to add? No, I really like that last thing though. Sometimes you don't have to do anything, just like an animal hybridating. It's mm-hmm. conserving your energy, resting, and taking care of yourself, recuperating. There's a lot of power in that. Mm -hmm. So we hope that all of you will find one way to work with or not work with the water element. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every week for a new podcast episode. And please subscribe to our mailing list. You can find that in the show notes on your app or if you visit mindfuldesignschool.com and scroll to the bottom of the page. We teach a feng shui certification course. We train people to become feng shui consultants. We'd love to see you in our program. We keep it very small. And we also have our annual New Year's Reset program coming up very soon. So we hope to see you in that as well. Be sure mainly to sign up for our mailing list and you'll get all of our updates, our special content, as well as, you know, just hear about everything that's going on in your inbox every week. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week.